Leaseplan is a Dutch financial services provider specializing in fleet management services. Established in 1963, Leaseplan has evolved into the world's largest fleet management service company and currently operates in 32 countries around the world. Leaseplan has over 6,800 employees. Today, in a special edition of the Workday podcast from Workday Rising Europe in Stockholm, I'm thrilled to be joined by Ellen Nazara, HR Technology Director at Leaseplan. We're going to get her thoughts on how a company with operations all over the world transformed its HR operations. We'll look at the role of technology in building and maintaining the optimal culture for employee engagement and business performance. Eleanor, really happy to have you on the show today here in Stockholm. I'd love to start by getting a bit of background on you and your career, if you don't mind. Yes, first of all, thanks, Patrick, for having me here. Very glad to, to attend my third Workday Rising edition already. <laughs> uh, time really flies, especially when you're having fun. About me, uh, I've been in this landscape of uh, human capital management for the last uh, 12 years, I think, 10 or 12 years. Uh, started uh, back uh, with on-premise applications, but then once we, we discovered the cloud, there is no way back to, to what it used to, to be before. I used to be a consultant back with IBM okay. in previous years, and then um, I decided after a couple of years to, to change the, the side, and I moved on the client side, and now working uh, at least plan for the last four years and a half in, in the role of HR technology and analytics director for, uh, for the least plan group. Excellent. And what sort of company is Leaseplan? Tell us a little bit more about um, about Leaseplan. Uh, it's a financial services company. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, it goes uh, the establishment it goes a while back, uh, more than uh, 50 years ago. We are operating in a very diverse culture uh, in more than 30 countries. The landscape would be 80 percent in in Europe, so it routes back to the headquarters in Amsterdam. But uh, we we managed to to extend beyond the the European scope in Americas, especially. And we are highly, highly specialized in offering the entire package to to our clients in terms of um, leasing, operational leasing. Okay. And how does that, obviously you you spoke there about the fact that you're spread over many different geographies. Uh, How does that um, affect your your HR infrastructure and and how has that developed over the last few years? And so what are the, the things that you're looking to achieve when it comes to your HR infrastructure? Yeah, and I think the geographical landscape, it, uh, it had a huge impact on our uh, journey with the HR technology and overall with the digitalization of the company, first of all. It was uh, the starting point. We looked at so many countries. Every single country was doing their own single HR uh, tooling. Uh, they didn't have any kind of integrated view on uh, talent or performance, not even on the human side of, of the employee from hire to retire. Just to give you an order of growth uh, back in the days, um, in order for us to, to look at FTE, we used to collect more than 35 Excel files. By the time we compiled those Excel <laughs> files, the information you can imagine, it was already obsolete. So mm-hmm. it was very difficult from a corporate uh, perspective to manage this kind of activity. But we, we embarked into something very uh, ambitious back in 2017. And here we are with a lot of progress on the way with huge achievements, I would say, that we can, of course, explore in uh, in the next couple of minutes. We also had the countries on board. So the the change management piece and the desire was there from the, every single country. Mm-hmm. And on our side, we really took into consideration their um, 
requirements, their desire, their culture. Uh, so uh, whatever we did throughout the last four years, four years and a half, uh, it was really fitted and targeting uh, the, the local culture. Of course, adapted to, to the needs uh, from, uh, from a global approach, but we never uh, uh, left the countries behind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You've, you've touched on, on culture there. I, I'm intrigued. How do you go about maintaining a strong culture when you're so diverse as a workforce how do you see that and what and what tools are helping you to sort of cultivate that that central culture at Lisbon, we are 100% technology and workday driven. So we started our journey with workday and then everything we built, it was on top of the workday suite of uh, reporting, uh, ACM, uh, the, the transformation, the innovation coming from workday. So we had that in mind. That was one of the pillars. We looked at uh, first and foremost workday technology and then we adapted this technology to the country's needs. When we talk about culture, we have, uh, uh, we, we implemented, um, just to give you some examples, the Boarding experience. How does it feel for our employees in the first three months from a diverse perspective, from a generation perspective, from a gender perspective, uh, from the first um, actions that we implemented from a global approach down to local or the reverse way around? We took local initiatives into account and we made them global so we can empower the countries in that sense. We looked at the exit survey, what is going wrong in certain areas of our company, uh, call it uh, business units, so it can be functional functional um oriented or it can be um, technology oriented, whatever it was going wrong, we addressed it with quite agility, with the technology always, with the right way to measure it, mm -hmm. and also having at the table of decision the right uh, stakeholders. So every single time we, we implemented something new, we made sure we had uh, the, the audience, the countries, the 30 countries on board uh, with us. The same we did for recruitment. So we targeted also the functional area by functional area for recruitment. We tried to standardize the process. We tried to look at how many agencies were they using globally, uh, what is um, uh, the most efficient one. And then we went for a global contract with LinkedIn, for example. And then we just built from there. Mm -hmm. I guess we've, we've spoken about recruitment there. I know talent is an area that you're, you're hugely, yeah. hugely passionate about. Definitely. Um, and finding the right people and skills to grow the organization is, is a big challenge for a lot of companies in Europe at the moment. What role does analytics play in helping to build that talent pipeline and also to, to find the right skills that exist already in your, in your own organization? Yes, and I think this is a crucial um, aspect we, we had into account. Everybody now talks about the war of talent. Even I heard uh, the other days, I was reading it uh, before joining uh, Workday Rising this year about silent quitting. Uh, oh, yes. People start going to work, but they are not there anymore, invested in, in the work mm -hmm. uh, that they are doing. And then uh, we said, let's bring people's enthusiasm again in the game. And we did that again. We, we looked, first of all, at uh, Skills Cloud. When we heard about Skills Cloud, Together with our uh, Workday uh, partners, we said, wow, this is the future because then we have a, a mass uh, database of skills. So you can then target those skills accordingly to, mm -hmm. to see where does that person fit or how can you retrain those people to keep up with the momentum. On the same side, we were going through a huge digital transformation in Lisbon. It's already very much in the public that we are building the next generation uh, digital architecture of uh, of the companies and the HR was uh, was definitely there, uh, actually a front runner in this kind of services and the landscape. 
So we, we went for Skills Cloud, we implemented it throughout the organization, and every single time we looked at recruitment, first and foremost, we visited our internal pipeline. We knew we had people very talented. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of addressing their needs and uh, reskilling a bit uh, targeted reskilling. And this is specifically what we did through our data campaigns. We had one launched in 2020 uh, that lasted for six months. And uh, one of the main uh, focus area of that campaign was uh, bringing up data literacy mm-hmm. of our organization to a certain level. And uh, on the other side, we also launched Talent Marketplace, which is a platform where the right people find the right opportunities within Listplan. And this heavily changed our um, philosophy on recruitment, on internal um, abilities of our people, on internal mobility in the end, because right now we have almost tripled the percentage of internal mobility, which is uh, quite an achievement on its own just in the last two years, I would say. But the appetite is there. So it's just the the way you look at it and the way you make it work uh, within uh, our community. That must be having a big impact in terms of employee satisfaction and things like that. Absolutely, yes. And we measure that as well from a global perspective, also from a local perspective. And uh, we keep on keep on doing that. As mentioned before, we have a recruitment um, experience that we look at, uh, onboarding experience, exit experience, so we can see the, the life cycle of the employee, how that was uh, generated and well-maintained throughout uh, the tenure at least plan. Brilliant, brilliant. And in, in some of your other roles, you've been heavily involved in projects that deliver HR analytics. Um, Talk to us about the importance of people analytics and a little bit about the work you've been doing with Workday on that front. It's hugely important because for me it changed uh, the mindset completely. If back in the days we looked at uh, the ability to run a report, to compile uh, different kinds of data sets from one report to another, and in in the best case scenario, you would be able to to integrate data from HR with commercial data, then you already can uh, say that you had a successful uh, day. But right now with analytics, uh, everything changed because you see now insights you have never seen before. Mm-hmm. And this changed the game for, for me as an analytic person. And um, that was the cultural shift that data had at Listplan. We, of course, took it step by step because it was important for us to to build some um, robust data journey. So it was more important to build on the right foundation instead of going very, very fast and uh, leaving people behind. So we really wanted to to do it very well from the beginning uh, through running data campaigns, uh, steady data campaigns, looking at the quality of our data, familiarizing our HR community with data analytics concepts, uh, data interpretation concepts, because we just basically needed to to do that to get to a certain stage. And then when we implemented people analytics, for example, the, the shift and the mindset of looking at data was already there. Mm-hmm. Again, the, the biggest uh, change for me as uh, compared to my previous uh, projects where analytics, we talked about analytics, but it was just the beginning of a journey. Right now it's, um, it's real, it's there. For my team, for example, uh, it brought a lot of productivity because mm-hmm. we really know how to, to do our job, uh, how to prioritize our tasks. Uh, data is very big. Uh, yeah. We are talking about billions of data. And then what do you do with the data? It's one thing to gather the data, but then it's a complete different story to be able to make something out of the data. Yeah. So this is how analytics helped us. Uh, pinpointing, going very deep into a specific, specific topic. And uh, on top of that, it helped us as a storyteller uh, towards our community to be able to build on a narrative. 
Yeah. So that is the big shift that I would say that happened to us. And you're also hugely experienced in HR transformation projects. Obviously, we spoke about the fact that you worked in a consultancy previously before yeah. before working at Leaseplan. So I'd imagine you've seen um, the ev the evolution of HR um, in the cloud. What advice would you give um, HR leaders who have not yet made the step into the cloud? And what are the main things you think they should consider before taking that step? Yes, I've seen uh, HR before, uh, the cloud applications, and I've seen uh, HR and I'm still working in, in this area. And um, I can definitely mention that the, the shift, the change has been tremendous. My biggest advice is for HR professionals to, to take the leap of faith, to take the jump, basically. I know it's a big jump. I know it, it has a lot of implications, specifically when you think about the regulatory aspects. We are also a bank, so we looked in that angle as well. But take the jump, have the courage to invest, because it always, it always pays off. We are now uh, in, in an era of transition and of speed, high speed, and the cost for... Um, for people, the, the desire and the difficulty to attract uh, people and for products, which is tremendously difficult to, to position your products anymore in this digital landscape where everybody has a piece. And the only, uh, the only way to keep track with all these changes is through technology. We need to deliver any kind of company, I would say, needs to deliver their products independent of uh, the, the function at digital cost. Mm -hmm. So uh, independent of uh, where you are, um, finance, commerce, uh, operations, retail or HR, you need to deliver your services at a digital cost. What does it mean for a cloud? It means easy to access, easy to maintain, uh, easy to use, and it empowers your community, call it HR, be it your managers, even the analysts that uh, uh, will be targeted by, by the cloud applications. Of course, it requires some investments at the beginning, mm -hmm. but... Um, this return of investment in a couple of years with, uh, will definitely pay off. And again, I would encourage every CHRO out there to invest in, uh, in a data team. We had the, the pleasure and we were very fortunate enough for our CHRO at, at least plan to have this vision uh, two years ago. Uh, once we implemented um, Workday, talking about huge HR transformations on itself. And... Uh, in the second, we finalized our second wave of implementing Workday. The next day, we were discussing what do we do with the data. So for us, it came such, uh, somehow as a normal consequence. Uh, we always did the transformation having in the, in the back of our uh, minds that uh, the ease uh, of application, the ease of data, accessible data, uh, we wanted to, to make uh, decisions based on that data to stir, steer the business. We wanted to bring HR at the table instead of two seats uh, behind that, just having a lot of uh, Excels. Uh, right now, they are running their own dashboards. They are looking at people analytics. They see trend, uh, trends. They associate, um, I don't know, the, the hiring effectiveness uh, uh, of certain sources with their high performance. So everybody talks uh, in a special, um, the, the terminology has changed, the, the mindset has changed. Of course, again, uh, the transformation has been pretty impactful. Mm -hmm. And the key to that is not to leave people behind. The change management, it's a continuous, constant effort. Every single day, if you do not implement, if you don't do proper change management, that would accompany your own uh, technology uh, journey, um, you won't have the people uh, supporting you. 
So, um, yeah, key again, people. <laughs> well, it, said, it sounded like, from what you said at the beginning, it sounded like you invested a lot in engaging with different cultures around the world, the different offices that, that obviously that you operate to, to understand how that technology was impacting them and to be sympathetic to the differences yes. of each of those geographies. Exactly. I think sympathetic, it's, it's a very uh, good and appropriate word to, to use. We did exactly that. Uh, when we went through implementing Workday, it, uh, it took us two years to go big. We had a big approach. And this is also one of the best practices I would definitely recommend to, to go big bank, even if you have a diverse workforce like we did. But we did travel a lot throughout design, global designs, local design sessions. We visited, uh, I would dare to say, most of our offices, if not all, throughout those two years to understand local challenges, local needs, uh, local marketing initiatives. Uh, of course, we, we try to steer that in, in, a, in a global approach. We had some ideas, but it was down to, to the local teams to decide them. How to best implement that? How to best work with their people? They know the business teams. They need the empowerment and the enforcement from their own executive teams locally. Um, but also, so, they're um, invested at, at that point as well. It's, it's something that yeah. they, they have control over that they're invested in. Absolutely, absolutely. And as soon as you are there supporting them, they also feel much more empowered to drive the journey locally, to have the, the, the ownership of their data, the ownership of their toolings, and then we take it one step back and we leave them in the front seat and then we become the, the, the end seat. And the, I think that's the role of um, a global uh, HR technology and data team to, to make sure that everybody has their own ways within the system, within their data, they control the data. And then you are just uh, innovating, you keep on innovating, you, get, uh, you keep on having that pace uh, within the company. Uh, you keep on thinking about creative ways to get there, to, to, to be close to them, to visit them, to uh, create uh, marketing campaigns, because everybody would say, wow, marketing, what does marketing has to do with the workday or HR technology in general? It does a lot to, to do. Right now, we are celebrating internally, um, as of this month, four years with, uh, uh, of Workday since it's live with, uh, within Lease Plan, and we are doing a quiz uh, with prizes, uh, branded prizes from Workday. <laughs> Your colleagues were very kind to, to help us in that regard. I'm glad to hear to, it. To, to bring awareness, again, within the company. Uh, we will send those prizes in the local teams. They will distribute accordingly. So uh, the journey is there. The journey continues over and over. So, um, yeah, our job is uh, not really done here at all. Well, it sounds like you're taking a very well thought through um, approach. I get, uh, Finally, I've, I've got quite a big question for you, Eleanor. And, and yeah. obviously there's no crystal ball for the future. But what, uh, what trends do you think will emerge um, in 2023 um, that HR leaders should be, uh, should be focused on? Uh, I would go first for data, 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 data. I, everybody keeps on hearing data, 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 but we are still not there in terms of data literacy. I, I know it's a big word to, to put it in the open, data literacy. For me, it means the, the capacity of people to digest, to internalize that data. It's one thing to, to have data, to report on that data, but you need to really have a good feeling about what that data tells you. How can you make an actionable um, event or topic or drive something uh, out of that data. So um, that is one. Um, again, data. The second one would be people. From the people perspective, talents. How do you keep your talents in mm -hmm. instead of out? So uh, and even more importantly, how you don't lose the engagement of people. And this is the, the at least from, uh, from our side, 
this is the main focus that I will have for next year, um, combining culture and um, understanding how the culture of the company would impact an employee to stay or to leave. So this cultural empowerment, creating a safe environment, uh, of course, that would be a layer on top of technology, uh, to, to convince them to stay, to be onboarded, to be fully onboarded uh, with um, all the initiatives that are going on, to feel part of the company and to, to come with uh, some sort of a pleasure at work instead of uh, doing uh, things uh, um uh, just for the sake of doing them. And of course, uh, all this, so again, I would say culture, employee listening, um, talent uh, optimization in uh, some sort of a manner, and data, again, data literacy and a full uh, internalization of what data means within the company, they would all route back to supporting the business overall into producing uh, better, better uh, financial results because it's down to, to that as well. We need to be quite... Uh, uh, quite objective in that regard, but I think HR's uh, technology role would be dedicated to um, to help the business drive better decision in regard to the human uh, capital aspect. Yeah, it comes back to that that, that that quiet quitting point that that we spoke about at the outset. You know, really tackling that and, and keeping employee engagement high and and, and making yeah. sure that they're um, invested in the organisation and the the, the organisation's aims. Exactly, absolutely. Keeping the people engaged, uh, close to the business, cl close to the initiatives that we are rolling out uh, without this uh, engagement, permanent uh, engagement. And I'm sure that we will find some better ways to listen to their voice a little bit further and further. We are now looking into that. The best optimal way to... To, to close the gap between uh, their feelings sometimes and the organizational um, objectives, let's uh, let's call it like that. We try to, in 2023, that would be our uh, main goal, to keep people engaged and to, to limit the gap between uh, their desires and the overall objectives of the company. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Elena. That has been a fantastic conversation. And that's all we have time for today. But if you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Uh, and you can also read more on the Workday blog. Thanks for listening and have a great workday. <laughs>